Welcome to the Golden Rod Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. Connor, how's it going? I'm doing all right, mate. I've had no end of technical issues today, though. I will admit, like I started today with no internet. Oh. <laughs> so it's it's all been downhill since then, really. Oh, my it's... Wi-Fi extender pods that I got sent by my ISP just stopped working. So I've had no internet on my PC for about three days. My main hub works. I still have Wi-Fi, but my PC runs off Ethernet. So I have like an extender to run the Ethernet cable through. And I rang them up today. I went, hi, it's not working. They said, have you tried to turn it on and off again? I said, of course I have. <laughs> I used to work in tech support. Stop it. Uh, and they said, all right, we'll have to send you out new ones. It's like, okay, how long is that going to take? Oh, about three or five days. I'm like, all right. And Ooh. until then, like I use this thing for work. What am I supposed to do? Wait three or five days. I'm like, that's not a good wow. response, sir. Who are you, who are you with? <laughs> um, with the Virgin Media. Oh, okay, right. I'm with Vodafone, who aren't great, but when I moved into this house, they it was either them or I think Sky that wanted mm. a hell of a lot more money. Um, have I ever told you about the, when I moved house and I tried to move the internet with me? No. No, okay, right. So, um, moving house, typical thing, just contact your internet supplier and just go, I'm moving house. Okay, not a problem whatsoever. All I need to do is take a few details. I'll, I'll complete the, uh, moving home form. And then you just take your router with you. You plug it in. And then on the day that you have arranged to move, you will get internet at some point during that day, but they can't tell you exactly when. But that's absolutely fine. I'm not going to be using the internet for the first day or two because I'm going to be painting, cleaning, tidying up, whatever it might be. Got in there day one, plugged in the internet, nothing. Well, okay, that's fine. I'll try the next day. Nothing. So I'm like, okay, right. I'll, I'll give it a couple more hours. Called up, got passed around for several hours, only to find out that they hadn't completed the moving home form. They'd completed the please end my service form. Ugh, At which it's... point I'm panicking because I've only got, I think it was three days at this point before I needed to start work. And yep. I was working from home full time at that point. And I was like, what can we do? And this, this person on the phone wasn't very helpful, but we just went down the line of, okay, right, we'll get you set up again. Won't be an issue. Uh, taught me through all these things, really reassured me. And then at the very end, he was like, okay, so you'll be connected in about two weeks. Is there anything else I can help, we, help you with? And there's just this awkward silence where I thought, have I misheard him? Like two weeks. Like, so, so I had to reiterate two weeks. He's like, yes, two weeks. And, they, they, I just couldn't get anywhere. So in the end, they sent me out one of those like 4G dongles, which yep. really embarrassing. the job, but well, it's not where you want it to be. It's not. And I don't know about you, but like where I live, my internet is rubbish. I've got the bare bones. I have the basic internet connection speed and the 4G dongle actually work faster, which is, says a lot about my internet, I think. Yeah. See, I pay a lot for my internet as well. Like, for the fact that I don't have TV, I don't have phone or anything else, I just have internet. I pay quite a bit for it, and it's 
Uh, it's infuriating. But anyway, let's talk about something slightly less infuriating. Let's talk about Pokemon. Should we start then with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet sales update? Um, after my <laughs> kerfuffle last week. After your <laughs> faux pas, sir. My faux pas. Well, <laughs> we have checked and we have double checked. Although the, the, Connor came out with this, this statistic. So if it's wrong this week, blame him, not me. Um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have now sold 20 million units. And as of Nintendo- December 31st. So it will have sold more since then. Sold more. Wow. And the Nintendo Switch has sold 120 million consoles, which means if you do, if you do the math, if you do a bit, quick bit of maths, and we'll do it for you here, um, one out of every six Switch consoles possesses either Pokemon Scarlet or Violet. Which is kind of insane. I know we're not like, you know, last week we hyped it up. It's like, oh, 30 million sales. It's going to be Pokemon Red and Blue. All right. It's 20 million sales. That's still insane. It's still probably going to beat Pokemon Red and Blue. Even Cerebi Joe came out and said that when he announced this information. And a sixth of all Switches have Pokemon Scarlet or Violet. It's, it's, it's so crazy. It is absolutely, like, crazy. And we, we, we kind of spoke about this very briefly before starting up, because there will be, obviously, some people that have both games, which skews it slightly, but you rightly pointed out that there's people who in households that have more than one Switch. I have two in my house. My brother has three. So it gets skewed slightly anyway. So the real question then is how long before Scarlet and Violet becomes the the you know best selling Pokemon game. It's it's a matter uh, of time. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's a ma- it's not a matter of when. It's a well, sorry, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when at this point. To be fair, it has just had the holiday season, so it's had the biggest bump it's going to have. Mm-hmm. But as I said last week, DLC is going to make a massive difference as well. It is, and like the the thing with Red and Blue is. It's not really selling. Well, it's not selling anymore because the 3DS um, uh, shop is is shut down mm-hmm. now. Is that right? So it's it's flat out not selling anymore. Scarlet and Violet will be selling new new copies for some time, several yeah. years now. So it, it 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 will eventually just leapfrog Red and Blue, and I'm excited for that. I I really am um, to just see a new Pokemon game up there. Should we move on to the next topic? Yes. Oh, I do so, want to add something onto the oh. end of that one, though. Um, because last week we were a little bit like, oh, it's had great sales despite its performance. Is this going to send the wrong message? There's actually been an interview with the uh, with one of the Nintendo of Canada, Canada? Nintendo of Canada uh, representatives who flat out said that they apologize for the state Pokemon is in. They have taken the feedback on board and will adapt for the future. Yeah. For so it's, it's interesting. Okay. So it's not it's not just over. They're not seeing this as a win. This is no. still an L as far as they're concerned. Agreed. I mean, uh, it, it's we did an episode a few a couple of months back, just after the launch. I think it was the the episode or second episode after the launch of Scarlet and Violet where we spoke about where, whether or not uh, an update would fix this. Um, we are due one in February that has been, they've been very tight lipped on what it is and the 
information they put out about what it will cover has also been very um not very descriptive so mm. no doubt in the next couple of weeks when that patch lands we will have a lot to talk about then so keep keep your eyes open i guess keep you know watch this space for more scarlet and violet updates um speaking of <laughs> pokemon games going wrong should we talk about pokemon go yeah so Niantic had an issue uh yesterday as of day of recording so the 7th of february uh Niantic had a problem across a lot of their games a lot of their apps uh some the official statement says that they had intermittent issues across all of their apps some made the apps unable to launch and some just made the features not work the way impact of pokemon go meant that some people couldn't evolve uh, their Ursaring into Ursaluna. Now, why is this such a big issue? Well, it's such a big issue because Ursaluna can only evolve on one day a month. And it was yesterday. <laughs> and they couldn't do it. It just blows my mind. That, like, I, I get that... Okay, gimmicks in the main game where... It just feels like there should be a, a split between gimmicks in the main game and gimmicks in Pokemon Go. But I can't explain why I feel that way, which is infuriating <laughs> me. But it feels like Pokemon Go is on the go and you should just be able to do the stuff as and when. And it just feels bizarre to me that, like, okay, right, I, I know what the reason is. I know what the reason is. Um, It's because in Pokemon Go, it, sorry, in, in the Pokemon mainline games, for the most part, they've been very... Um, consistent with the Pokemon evolution methods that are gimmicks, such as trading stones, you know, all the different ways that you can do it. Pokemon Go just kind of, it almost like, it's almost like they've got two pieces of paper stuck on the wall that one says yes, one says no, and they just throw <laughs> a dart. Because, like, stone evolutions, okay, Eevee, yeah, you don't need stone evolutions, but then. Ge the, the later generations came out, it's like, no, now you need a Sinnoh stone. It's like, wait, what? Like, but we didn't need stones for the other evolutions, but these ones, we, we do? Anyway, um, so it's just strange to me that Ursa Luna, they've given it this one evolution method that you can only do one day a month. And, like, let's be honest with you, how, like, Stone evolution is pretty simple. You just go into your bag, you add it, you can do whatever. Like, who was tracking the lunar cycle to go, okay, on this date, I need to evolve this. But like, that's just busy work outside of the game that I don't want to have to do. But is it not fulfilling the promise of Pokemon Go of bringing you into the world of Pokemon and letting you <laughs> live it for real? No, it's not. Like just me, just sat aside, staring at the moon. Every wife game, what you doing? Any day now, any day. This, this. Well, you this should moon. track the lunar cycle. It's good for you. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. It just, it's just busy work outside of. Have Pokemon your lunar Go. calendar hanging on the wall. We've just <laughs> passed Imbolg. The next, <laughs> the next <laughs> festival will be coming up soon. Oh, uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just out. Of maybe everyone else just is aware of the lunar cycle. Maybe they've all got apps or a calendar for it, and it's just me being out of touch. Yeah, this I, is... I have to follow the lunar cycle because it sends me crazy. So, oh, really? That's okay. my excuse. I, I do need to. I, I do want to touch that. Touch on the like Pokemon Go 
downtime because for, for two reasons one is it is nowhere near what we've got now is nowhere near as bad as the first year when the servers uh, i believe it was the servers just couldn't keep up with the amount of players that were trying to set up accounts log in and play i, I remember the uh, the first year being a nightmare sometimes just you're stuck on that loading screen and it won't let you in however i must say in the past six months they have like it randomly kicks me out every now and again for no reason and i I don't mean like closes the app i mean oh i'm playing pokemon go and oh it's booted you back to the menu or sometimes the menu gets caught up Mm. on that loading screen it just hits halfway and i don't know because you don't really play pokemon go anymore do you no i kind of i'm not well enough to walk around everywhere no, but well, you you could you could download the dodgy version with the joystick, but then they just ban you. <laughs> uh, exactly, you know. they just throw me out. Yeah. <laughs> just they, um, they just boot you out, unfortunately. In other Pokemon Go news as well, to coincide with Valentine's Day, you can finally send your shiny heart trim furfrou to Pokemon Home. I had to read that to make sure I said it right. The shiny version of your heart trim furfrou can now go from Pokemon Go to Pokemon Home. Apparently that wasn't a thing before, and now it is. And I have more. That just 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 brings up more questions for me. To be quite honest with you, so like, was it just this one Pokemon that there was a bug with, or can you not transfer (laughs) shiny fur for it, or is it the 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 custom? I have no idea. I am just reading you the news (laughs) as I have it written in front of me. It's oh, safer the, that way. No interpretation. No, just no. as written. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's let's move on to the next piece of news this week. That um, I've just got written down, Masuda. I don't know his full name. Do you, Junichi Masuda? Thank you very much. I knew you'd know it. So apparently, he's a thief. He is. He's a dirty thief. He has stolen a whole bunch of the songs in the Pokemon games. From other games. <laughs> from you... other games? Which, to be fair, he produced for. Uh, yes. He, he did the music for. And the games were made by Game Freak. Yeah. Um, so it's not so bad. <laughs> it's not so bad. It is... This feels very much just like, can I copy your homework? But I'll change it slightly. But, it is. And let's not forget <laughs> that this is back in the days when Game Freak had like 20 guys working there. Yeah. Yeah. And like... It's not a big issue for me, to be quite honest with you, because, like, I can't... If it was, like, you had... Okay, right, is a better example. Let's say Nintendo now had published Mario and Zelda, and they had, you know, 90% of the game music. It would take you out of it, because you would think, oh, okay, I've, I've pl- already heard this music in another game. Whereas back then, I can't see there being that much of a shared audience between pokemon and um what was the it was it bushi yes i I believe um i can't see there being that much of an overlap and even back then like game boy music wasn't as mm, what what's the what's the way i'm trying to describe this pokemon the, the, the the game boy music to me back then because of the way you were limited with how you could compose it there's only because of the 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 technology yeah. that it ran on like it wasn't as noticeable as maybe music is now in games that's fully composed and- interesting so i watched a video about this actually okay. um and when and i'm pretty sure there's like 
four or I think it's there are six channels that you can use. Yeah. Uh, audio wise. But Masuda is famous for only using four of them. And some of them like make beats and some of them make tones. And sometimes you can hold the tones. But he was really good at. Um, I'm not a musical theorist, so I couldn't give you the full breakdown. But he was good, really good at bringing classical music philosophy into this really limited spectrum, which is why so much of the Pokemon music sticks with us to this day, because it oh. was perf- it was composed as though it was a classical piece of music. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. If if you can, d- was it a video you watched on? That? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll send oh, it over to you. Yeah. Oh, yes, please. I'd be, I'd be well. I, I really want to know more more about that. Um. So, a couple of the 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 themes. So, um, the opening theme for Gold and Silver just so happens to be very similar to the credit theme, the credits theme from one of the um Bushi games. I. On Twitter, uh, it's Lutu that has published this, and there is a Bushi uh, composed theme that is pretty much identical to the Team Rocket base in Generation One. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really actually. I, I before we recorded this podcast, I actually really enjoyed listening to them because it's almost like oh, it's the songs that I grew up with that I love, but with a fresh like twist on it. Yeah, it's almost like a remix, except yes. from you're hearing the original version. Yes, yes, like r- really good. It, it just—it's absolutely amazing that that they did this, and it has taken this long to like be discovered. I well, guess? not being funny, but like Bushi came out what in 1997, I think it was said. It was either six or seven. Six, six or seven, right? Now, Lutu is famous uh sort of within the pokemon community for being a historian that's that's what he does that's where he puts his time and effort and he goes above and beyond like getting all the assets getting all the artwork getting everything updated so it all matches the original but is still of decent quality so it can be used by other youtubers and stuff and recently he's been going along and doing archiving all the music and he's gone back and looked for Junichi Masuda's earlier work pre-Pokemon, found this and gone, well, hang on, the, the people need to know about this. And it's fascinating. It's such a cool bit of lore that we as the Pokemon community now get to add to our knowledge of these games. It's a, it's really amazing. And th- this is the kind of stuff that the internet was built for. Like yes. the sharing of knowledge and information and just finding out things that you wouldn't actually ever have discovered just on on your own. It's only the fact that, you know, this one person has decided to, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create this, you know, library of the older Pokemon music. And then I wouldn't say coincidence. Well, it is coincidence, really, isn't it? Because it's not like they heard this and, like, it's not like they heard a rumor or something and they decided to investigate. It was just Okay, this music sounds very similar to this other music that I've just happened to to research a little bit about. Um, it's it's great, and it really does make you wonder what in you know the next five, ten, fifteen years time, like other people will discover like this these bits of facts and trivia about Pokemon that like Luke at the time you'll be thinking, oh what, how did we not know that? Well, there's all but- sorts of because Pokemon is such a wide ranging media franchise as well 
there's lots of little bits that are lost to history. So, for instance, I was watching a video about the Machamp workout website, Wait, which is what? a thing. There was a Machamp <laughs> workout website <laughs> okay, that okay. gave you advice on how to work out. And it was super weird. And I loved every minute of it. But, yeah, it's it's such a cool thing. And, again, if it's not for the work of people like Lutu, uh, Dr. Love is another one that comes to mind. You know, Sarah B. Joe has been doing it and keeping... Uh, a lot of stuff up to date as it comes out as news now and keeping Serebi.net up to date. We have to thank these guys for continuing oh, yeah. their work to preserve this fan base, to preserve the history of this franchise. You're right, because I was only listening to a, um, the IGN podcast last week, um, and one of, the, one of the people on there, and I can't remember his name, was just talking about there is a whole generation of games that have been lost to time about mm. he was talking about the mobile before smartphones and mobile games that you could download and a lot of side scrollers and stuff like that that you can't emulate you can't get a hold of the original files they are just lost to time and like it, it got me thinking about you know i, I used to play this the splinter cell game on my mobile and i can remember it in my head but I'll never be able to relive that or experience that. And I'm pretty sure if I try to find it on YouTube, I'd probably struggle. So it is credit, you know, credit where it's due to, to for these people who are, you know, that their hobbies are just being historians and archiving this knowledge and information that otherwise, if they weren't doing it, could be lost. Yeah. And it's not a... You know, it's not just time they're devoting to it as well. You know, there are people out there who are going out of their way to translate interviews and stuff. And mm. it costs a lot to have things translated. So there's real money going into this. And again, I just have to have to mention my appreciation for the efforts. Definitely. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Should we move on to the last bit of news this week? Yes. So... The question I want to start with is, where do you stand on Pokemon Fusions? Uh, it's something I've been seeing a lot more recently, uh, because a I believe it's a new ROM hack called Pokemon Infinite Fusions came out, and they put their Fusion Calculator online uh, via GitHub. And I've seen it all over Twitter. People have been showing off their favorites. I've even It's been coming up a lot in my YouTube shorts as well, people showing off a bunch of these. And they're really cool. In fact, one of the, uh, well, what my best ever playthrough series on YouTube is a Fusions playthrough because people just really seem to enjoy it. People like the concept. I'm not sure if it'll ever come to an official game simply because of how much work that would entail. Mm. But as a fan idea, sure, I'm a big fan. Yeah, when... So when when I when I saw this, my first thought is because of the amount of the the level of combinations that are possible. I thought it must be some kind of AI that takes, you know, you, you're putting the two Pokemon. It takes information from those Pokemon and goes, okay, I'm going to create this this new Pokemon from this, like almost like when Photoshop, you can all you can use that. I can't remember the tool. It's like you. It basically looks at what surrounds it and then creates something in what it believes should be there. Yeah, we've had How something similar before where it like used the face and colors of one Pokemon, but the yes. body of another. Yes. 
We've had that for years, but this is more in depth than that. Well, so, at least sometimes. Sometimes. So what amazed me by is is that when I was on the on the website and I was looking at the the, um, the, the sprites and combining them, it actually says that custom sprites are made by us artists on mm. Discord and Reddit. So people are actually taking their time to create these um, custom sprites. Some of them absolutely amazing. I, I think at one point I who did I combine? I think Meganium and Mewtwo. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that looks that looks pretty cool. Actually, I kind of like that. But then uh, at one point I combined Ghastly and Meganium as well. And not gonna lie, the Meganium one. Felt very, you know, phoned in. Like, well, let's just move the ghastly face over the meganium face and call it quits. And yet, the ghastly, the ghastly version of meganium was really good. Like, someone had obviously invested time in, in like creating the leaves around the ghastly in a kind of, um, way that, like, they drew inspiration from the original ghastly. And um, you can you can definitely tell the ones that are generated and the ones that yes. have been designed. So like yes. I've just found Beedrill Giratina, which I'll show you because like oh, whoa, yeah. and yet wow. you do it the other way around, as you said, with Giratina Beedrill, and it is just Giratina's head on a Beedrill. Yeah, it's very it's like, hit and miss. Hit and miss, unfortunately. And I think this is the issue you'd have implementing it into a real game. Mm. is it would have to be a case of, well, only some Pokemon can do it. And yeah, in all I, honesty, yes. Pokemon Fusion already exists where only some Pokemon can do it. Yes, Most of them being legendaries. So Kyrim is the one that is probably the, the, the most clear cut. In terms yeah, he's of, probably of the poster fusion. child for Fusion. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you can combine uh, Kyrim with either Zekrom or Reshiram uh, to get a new form but it's called is it dna splicing or is that the, yeah, the tool that's, that you that's use? the tool that's used as a dna splicer but like we were saying before the podcast there are other pokemon that fit the bill like of what a fusion technically is um you know going back to generation one slowpoke and shelder becoming slowbro is a good example and like i know this is technically forms Rotom as well has multiple forms and its fusion is technically with, you know, electrical devices. Yeah. So I mean that makes makes perfect sense to me. So there's there's already some groundwork there. For I me, it go on. I was gonna say, I think people are excited about it again because we're being teased with fusion in possible DLC. Because of the because of the imagination, because of the imaginary Pokemon in the Scarlet and Violet books, the legendary beasts and the Swords of Justice fusions that we've seen, people are thinking it could possibly come. Potentially, I. It, it's really interesting, actually, because if we if we had no alternative forms or you know fusions, I'd have said no, but. It's almost like they keep wanting to dip their toe in this. Yeah. And experiment and which makes me think I don't think it'll ever be an outright gimmick, but I think we will get more fusion style Pokemon. I agree. I think the issue with doing an outright gimmick is the fact that you can't do everyone. No. And in that you're going to upset some people. 
Yes. Because when we think about the, the, the gimmicks that we've had, obviously this generation's gimmick is terrestrialization, then every Pokemon can do it. Um, mm-hmm. we look back at, at Sword and Shield, the, every Pokemon could, almost every Pokemon could Dynamax, but then a few special ones got Gigantamax forms. Mm-hmm. The, um, we go back to generation seven, six, seven, seven, um, with the, uh, Z moves. And I believe every Pokemon could do it, but then some also got additional ones. So it's only when you go back to actually generation six where, Mega Evolution wasn't available for every single Pokemon, and it feels like it would be a step back if you just handpicked a select group of Pokemon for fusions. And let's be honest, the 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 problem with fusions is that it's more Pokemon to design. You already have some of the framework there, but you've still got to spend time creating basically a third Pokemon. Yeah, and. Which- I don't think it would be the end of the world. Again, no. they've they've come to a point now where they like filling up the Pokedex more with, uh, you know, riffs on previous designs rather than new ones. You got regional I... evolutions, you got paradox forms, mega evolutions, G Max forms. These aren't new Pokemon; mm. they're just another take on something we've already had. Yeah, for me, I, I, I personally would rather than them going down the route of like infinite fusions where you can combine any pokemon which to me feels messy and unfeasible it should be a case that maybe we have a pokemon in the next generation or dlc whatever it might be that that's their gimmick so you know there's loads of pokemon that can fuse with this one pokemon but they can only fuse with this one pokemon yeah like that's its ability i could see it yeah i could see it being like a set of pokemon so, for instance, yeah. like, not Paradox Pokemon, but on that level of, uh, these Pokemon from this one area can all fuse together in a bunch of different combinations. Yeah. And then that's your subset, and you just branch out from there. And then you don't have to worry about bringing it back for future generations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's... It, that feels a lot more like what Pokemon have done with gimmicks, where typically they're around for one generation. Like, enjoy it while it's here, because it'll eventually be gone. Yeah. And I think that's 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 entirely possible. They they seem to keep coming back to this, which re- really does make me think that that it is something that will happen again. Whether or not it is is it's as in depth as this, we shall see. Um I'm one of those that fusions originally I I didn't enjoy, but then I got what I was mistaking for fusions were custom forms. And I think it's because, like, there's, there's two very different things there. Custom forms are you take a Pokemon that you you typically already exists and you give it a new typing, a new color palette. You might change a few things. Whereas Fusions is very much com- taking two Pokemon and mashing them together and you kind of get a, a third Pokemon. And I was originally against custom forms when I was confusing them with fusions but the more i've seen about these fusions the more some of them like like some of them look really like what's the word i'm lo- I'm looking for here they they do like th- this one that you've spent sent me with the giratina and beedrill like the fact that its wings are honey like mm. it's like someone has really thought about it and gone okay right let me let me just let my like 
design let me just design and just go for it and what what inspires me and i like there's some really creative artists out there creating these pixel pokemon there are and it begs the question right so for pokemon fusions to actually ever be implemented the way people would like it to be which is all pokemon confused with every other pokemon you would have to crowdsource the art there's no way game freak could do it on their own I should say there's lots of talented artists out there who would love the opportunity to design a Pokemon to go in the Pokemon games. And we've seen Pokemon pull things from uh, ROM hacks before. Whether they'll admit it or not, we've seen them pull things from ROM hacks. Do you think Pokemon look at fan art? Or do you think there's like a straight ban on looking at fan art in case they accidentally get inspired and steal something? So, the, and the bigger me, question the, is, why are they not hiring a bunch of these fan artists? Oh yeah, definitely. And it, it's I'm pretty sure we've spoken on the podcast before. Like Sega, like Sega and Nintendo have very different views on fans creating things, either using their asset assets or using or creating their own versions of things. And mm-hmm. Sega's very much down the line of, oh, that's really good. We'll actually pay you to make that into a game or yeah that's fine go ahead and create that as long as you aren't taking away from our you know our things it's fine whereas pokemon doesn't feel like that it feels very much a case of oh they've done that and that rom hack well rom hacks we don't agree with therefore we'll never put that into a mainline game that's how it feels to me it's almost like this is our stance and we're not budging on it because the the problem is that the moment we budge on it, then it's a case of you've opened the pe- doors. You've opened the doors, and other people then are trying to go. Okay, let let. It always feels to me like if they budged their stance and, and went, okay, right, that rom hack that you did. There's elements we would like to incorporate in the next Pokemon game. Well, then for me, it just opens up a load of people going, okay, I'm going to throw out as many ROM hacks and bad ideas and good ideas as I can on the hope that one of them sticks and Pokemon notices me. And I think then it would dilute the ROM hack community, which there is some things in there that I really don't care for, but there are some really good things that come out of the community. Agreed. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not a big fan of these, like, edgy teenager mods where you get to play a dark story where you're older but you swear and the world is all gritty and everybody's dark and like i don't need any of that but again some of the difficulty rom hacks some of the story modifications um there's a recent one that came out that's like set in a past with um it's all like knights and chivalry and stuff, which I'm really looking into at the oh, moment. Wow. Okay. Yeah, super cool. Um, I, I, again, I will say it over and over again. I hope someday Pokemon Game Freak Nintendo open themselves up to fan creation. I don't see it happening. As we say, it's, it's going to be like, oh, you can't open the door because then it'll all flood through. And it's like, guys, it's already open. Yeah, exactly. The door is, is open. You can't just ignore it and hope it goes away. Because <laughs> it's not. Because it is not going away. And if anything, it's like the more things. So the, if anything, it's just going to get stronger because mm. as Pokemon evolves over time, it's like, oh, yeah. So 
Gigantamaxing and Dynamaxing, yeah, we haven't got that in the games anymore. Terrestrializing, we haven't got that in the games. There will be a subsection of the community that goes, I want a game that has all of it. Like, I, I want all that in a game, and therefore I'm going to do it myself. And the fact that, like, the the anime is just, like, the last week when we were talking about the, the fight between um, Mega Lucario versus uh, Gigantamax Machamp, it just makes me want to see that in a game now. Because yeah. I want to see those matchups that you can't get in the mainline games. And the further Pokemon go goes down the line of, we're, we're removing this, we're cutting this, still adding quality of life features, which they, you know, credit to them. They are making the Pokemon games more accessible in terms of it takes less time to do the thing, the core things that you want. But they're stripping out so many other things like XP share and you know shift and set and things like that that there's going to be an a segment of the community that still wants that and if game freak won't fulfill it for them they'll do it themselves they'll find it elsewhere and do it themselves yeah yeah and uh, do you know what weirdly enough to bring it full circle again there's been a lot of fusion um not just rom hacks of like you know fire red which is what a lot of the rom hacks are based on but even Scarlet and Violet, Sword and Shield, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, have all had fusion uh, hacks implemented into them, where you take the base model of one Pokemon and put the colors of a different Pokemon on top of it. And some of them are, again, much like these, are specifically designed. But it's 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 the sort of thing of like, well, we'll take the stats from one and the uh, typing from another. And that's simple enough to put in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which makes me think, though, that the more popular that becomes, the less likely they are to to put it in the mainline games. How so? Unfortunately. Because the more pop... It goes back to what I've said about their stance of this is where... This is where we're putting our feet in the ground. If you are just creating all this using our assets... Like, we're not going to tolerate that, and the way we don't tolerate that is we just don't include it in mainland games. Okay, is it using their assets at a certain point, though? Like, if people are going out of their way to use, to design new sprites, okay, yes, so going back to this Beedrill Giratina one, yes, it's clearly based on Giratina, but is it that, you know, it's only 30%? It's technically... Yeah. It's technically its own thing now. It's an OC. It doesn't count, right? It's not stealing anymore. Oh, that is a... Oh, now that is a... So I'm not going down that rabbit hole because, like, there are there are lawyers that would argue either way I, on I am that. not one of them. Wow. It's like, okay, right. Is it stealing at that point or is it just being inspired? I don't know. Depends um, if you call it Pokemon. Yes, yeah, it, it really does. I know that if it's a fan, if it's in a, if you put that Beedrill Giratina in a Pokemon game that has used the base code, like you're probably not getting away with that. Although they do, um, I, I do want to see more fusions. I, I personally think that it will never be an out and out generational gimmick. Unfortunately, yeah, agreed. Shall we, I, I very quickly, like, one minute, do you think there'll be anything Pokemon-related in today's Nintendo Direct? 
or when oh no shot no shot no, we'll, we'll get a do. actual pokemon direct later on this month which yes. we will obviously try and cover on the podcast so no no it's not gonna happen there you go less than a minute perfect let's move on to pokemon master journeys it's the last three episodes of this season of ultra uh before ultra journeys yeah before ultra journeys i it's sad i feel a little bit sad about this why because it wasn't a great ending no, no, not that at well. Um not that, but it's the fact that I've been watching all these episodes on Netflix and the next season isn't on there yet. I think it's yet. coming like this week. Oh wow, really? Oh, that's perfect. I think timing, we timed then, this perfectly. It? Oh wow, it's almost like we planned it. We didn't plan it. We're <laughs> just, just that good. Just that good. The same Let's... is like it always seems to work out for us doing three episodes at a time and then it skipping does. the odd one. Odd one. It just works out for whatever reason. So, um, let's start out with the first episode of, of the three this week, looking out for number two. And it's another trial mission. Yeah. One to, one to test. Um, Was it adaptability and... um something else i can't remember what else ingenuity ingenuity yep. and adaptability that's it and go just jumps in the deep end and decides to catch a wild kingdra which okay in fine okay let, let's go down this route and the first i was thing on the through- i was on the in, under the impression that kingdra didn't evolve in the wild yes that was the first thing for me and the second thing is we're off to hoen and not johto oh yeah like yeah which I was like, oh, right, okay, fine, whatever. I, I can get on board with that because Pokemon do appear in multiple regions. I just feel a little bit gutted that this, to me, was an opportunity to, I don't know, just to go back to Johto again? Feels yeah, like... It, I mean, it, it, this could have been... Because they introduced Drake, which yes. is cool. Fair enough. We like Drake. Um, bit of a... Well, no, it's Blake. It's Blake, isn't it? No, it's definitely Drake. Um, <laughs> I, he seems a little bit out of place here. And actually, his introduction made me realize how impossible this task really should have been for Go. Oh, yes. Um, but I don't know. I could have seen them going back to Johto and meeting Claire, who has a Kingdra. It who, just like, seems could have showed them where to get one. Yeah, it just seems strange to me that, like, I I don't understand why they went to the Hoenn region and not, like, literally the Dragon's Cave and Johto. They clearly wanted to use Drake. That was clearly oh, what they wanted to do. But you could have had you could have had Drake anywhere. Like the the you know characters travel. We we've already established that, and the fact that they're just in a, on an ocean, the, that ocean could have been anywhere. Um. I mean, to be fair, Go's, Go's idea to try and track down uh, the Kingdra by using the Chinchou and the Lucario to use and detect sonar waves, like, fair play. Go is, once again, sh- you know, showing how clever he is and how he can adapt to situations. Um, by the way, Drake without a hat really kind threw cursed, me. doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, like, I don't know what I expected, but whatever it was, it wasn't that. It was just really, really weird. Anyway, the team go underwater, um, comes across a Cedra, uh, but th- th- like as Go says, his his mission is to catch a wild Kingdra. It's not to evolve one. Um, bizarrely, though, he catches a Sharpedo in the most casual way possible. 
Well, how else was he going to do it? He proves to you that he can't throw Pokeballs underwater. <laughs> I just expected the like Sharpedo to be, almost be the the bad guy of the episode where, okay, I can't catch it, therefore I just need to get away from it. Instead, the Sharpedo just kind of bonks into, into his... <laughs> I was like, okay, like literally on accident. But what I love about that is the fact that later on the episode, he gets it out and he's like, yeah, yeah, we're cool now. I'll just obey. It's like, wait, what? You had this wide open ocean that you could explore, and now you're just going to follow this kid just because you happen to bump into his his little Pokeball. Um, anyway, yeah. go. Yeah, apparently. Um, again, go showing off his his smarts. You know, figuring out that you use a whirlpool to find a Kingdra, and bizarrely, um, showing a video of Dragonite to draw out the Kingdra after it was previously previously established that if a Dragonite appears, Kingdra will 100% fight it. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of this, Go is shown to be smart and brave yeah. and uses ingenuity and uses resources to, like, befriend people and get hold of equipment. But he should have never been able to pull this off. Oh, agreed. We said this last time, though, didn't we? I, I oh, swear. Well, no, that was the Ninetales thing, right? Was so it the, the last... Ninetales he did last time? No, he did a actual test. Oh, the freaking Volcarona, the golden Volcarona. Yeah, he should have never been yes. able to do that either. That's it. Yes, I knew there was another. It like it feels very go go completes it, but he shouldn't be able to. Yeah, like, he is either the luckiest person in the yes. world. Like, think about it. They only managed to do this because they ran into Drake, who just happened to have a boat with diving equipment that went low enough into the ocean minus ten minutes. Yes. Like, because, of course, they had to do the thing where it's like, here, take this extra oxygen, but it only lasts for 10 minutes. I wonder if they'll need it. Of course they're going to need it. Yeah, and this goes back to what we've said previously of, like, why are they sending them on these missions that, like, are very dangerous? Yeah. Like, why is it not, like we said last time, okay, we there are a number of missions that, team, that Project Mew needs to fulfill. What are the ones that doesn't really matter about the success, but aren't really dangerous. Right, they're the ones we assign this child to. Well, the I suppose the idea being that if you're going to be part of the team, we need to show that you can pull your weight as well as anybody else. Nobody here is going to carry you. That's a good point, yeah. I, I That that is a, a good point. Um, I've only got a handful of notes. Like, using Italian Snapshot to force the Pokeball into Kingdra, that was a nice little touch. I enjoyed that. Um, yep. While all this is going on, the rest of the team track down Regirock, and I'm suddenly thinking this is all a bit sus, to be honest with you. Um, and I've just got a note of, are Project Mew actually evil? <laughs> I, I don't think so, but I can see what you're, th what you're going with. Like, anyone yeah. with this, usually anyone with this much interest in legendary Pokemon are yes. evil teams. Typically, yes. Which in the fact they are tracking down legendary. If they were just happenstance coming across legendaries, then that's one thing. But the fact that you know they've tracked down this Regirock, there was a Regice Ice in an earlier episode, which I think was coincidence. But them being in that area was yeah. But he still turned around. He was like, "I'll be back for you." Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, because <laughs> he just casually one shot it. So I, I think there's something bigger going on here, and I like. Actually, like the the two big things I am really uh, looking forward to next season are obviously Ash forefront, just you know uh, how he succeeds in his goal. 
the other thing is this Project Mew. I want to see where this is going. I have a feeling it's not going anywhere. Oh, don't tell me that. No, <laughs> I have really. a genuine feeling. Oh. Like, because think about it. We've got, what, 24 episodes or something next season? Is that and they've it? Got a, I, I think so. Well, part one is 12 episodes. Oh, so okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, I can double check now. Um, but it's not a lot of time to get through. I mean, Ash still isn't in the Masters 8. No, exactly. He's still in the Ultra class, so that's got to happen. We've still got to finish off Chloe seeing all the rest of the evolutions, and Go's got to meet, has got to team up with um, Project Mew. It feels like there's a lot to be done here. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. This is, I, which is a shame because I really wanted to know where this goes. Like, it has all the elements of a good story of, you know, a young kid actually thinks he's doing good and it turns out he's been working for the bad team who have been tracking down these legendaries and it's all part of this conspiracy. Like, there's the that's where my head cannon's kind of at and where I want it to go, but maybe not. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. I've got my fingers crossed for it. I hope for the best. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Let's move on to the last two episodes, which kind of form one episode as they, as they normally do. So we have the Gates of Warp and Showdown at the Gates of Warp. And you know this is a big episode when literally the very start of it is Dialga and Palkia having, you know, just being siblings and falling out. Yeah. Good times. Those and two are always at it. They are always at it. Out of all the legendary Pokemon, outside of probably Kyogre and Groudon, like... Palkia and Dialga feel like the ones that would fight the most. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's supposed to be the case that whenever one of them encroaches on the other one's territory, they will always go to war. <laughs> wow. I love that. I absolutely love that. He just, But it almost feels like you've got Giratina like, in the background just egging them on, and Arcus is the parent that has to come in and like, right, okay, split it up. I've had enough. Sort it out. Arceus is the Rayquaza of that trio. Yes. Yes. It is It is a case of like, all right, don't make me put you in a corner. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I absolutely love that. So straight off the bat, the, the, like it's, it has a strong start. You've got Dialog and Palkia kicking off, and then you've got Team Rocket, but you don't fully see them. They're kind of emerged in shadows. But straight yeah. away, you know something's off. Because There's they seem competent. They seem very competent, yes. Um, which I don't think we've ever truly had our team rocky feel this sure themselves um yeah. gates opening all throughout um don't Priplup runs off finds one of the gates and who do we find well I, i've got here that it's a future version of dawn as i was writing but it's not a future version of dawn <laughs> it's an alternate version of dawn so these are the thing that we have in this universe now apparently this just we've gone from Time travel, which, fine, we knew that was a thing, to confirmation of the multiverse in the anime. I don't know if we've had that yet. I haven't seen all the episodes. I know that it's been confirmed that the video games are, are a multiverse. Like, what you do in your version of Pokemon Platinum is different than what somebody else does in their version of Pokemon Platinum because it's they are all happening and they're all part of this multiverse. And that's what we've got now in the anime. Um... One thing I did like, I just say did like, I should laugh about this. Dawn does the right, you know, in uh, in any 
TV show or movie, it's like, why didn't they just go to the police? Yeah. Dawn does go to the police <laughs> and she just doesn't help whatsoever. She who answer isn't to go, right, okay, let's figure out what we can do. It is other people are experiencing the same thing. Okay, you think you should probably do something about this officer? Nah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm good. Like, what? I'm going to leave it to f- three children. Four children. Three children. Four children. <laughs> because Chloe gets that. involved for reasons unknown. Chloe wants Be- again. Because, because Chloe gets involved because her alternate universe self is an elite hacker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, 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 like, fine. So I'm going like, to talk about these two episodes as if they're one and do bounce back and forth. The alternate universe versions of these four are really odd. Like, Go's alternate version is really outgoing. I liked how he got hold of him, though. He was like, hang on, what if I ring my own ring. number? Which <laughs> <laughs> is great! Genius. Absolutely love it. But, so he's really outgoing and clearly must still, like, work at the research lab because he's still got all the same Pokemon he has in our universe. Yes, so there's there's Cl- obviously a link there, like in terms yeah. of certain things they've done. Chloe's are... a Chloe's elite hacker who can hack into Team Rocket and work out what suits they're using to avoid Dialga's powers and just create them. Create them. Apparently, it's nanotech. Just I'm nanotech. surprised there wasn't. I just it's nanotech. It's... And then you've got Ash who sucks. Yeah, Ash is, <laughs> Ash is the one that his alternative, like, all the other alternative counterparts, well, no, going Chloe's counterparts, I'm like, yeah, that, you know, I, I probably want to hang around with them more than maybe the versions we've got. But Dawn's and Ash's alternative counterparts are just very sad. Well, Dawn's, but- Dawn wasn't so bad for me. I feel like Dawn was just a case of like, I'm sorry, I liked your Piplup because it reminded me of my Piplup and, Don is or alternate universe Don is just a way of getting exposition across. Ash just again. I thought at the beginning it was like, all oh, right, they've made him sad because he doesn't have his best friend Pikachu. That's what our Ash would be like. But no, he's just a wimp. Yeah, yeah, I get. Yes, yes, because like in our universe, Ash, you take away Pikachu, and he he's still ash he's still outgoing he still knows what his values are and he knows what he's fighting for whereas alternative ash like you could you could take him out of this episode i don't think anything changes well let's put it this way the fact that alternate universe ash hasn't already started trying to figure out the issue he's just gone oh well pikachu's an egg now i guess this is my life could you imagine our ash ever doing that no no definitely not he would just figure it out and go for it, and yeah. Um, one one thing that we haven't spoken about is um, Pokemon devolving, reverting yeah. back, like which it's. I give it a pass because it's time and space shenanigans. Like it's fine. Yeah. I I I get it. It, it. it doesn't completely sit right with me. I I guess especially when they explain that. Oh no! It isn't just the Pokemon that are reverting back. It's it's people. People as well. are doing it too, but, but Pokemon do it slower in their Pokeballs. But people are doing it a lot slower anyway. Yeah, until they get really close to Dialga and Palkia, and then get zapped by Time Beam. Oh yes, yes. It, like the the thing that that annoyed me ever so slightly is the fact that like they the Pokemon reverting back 
wasn't consistent. It was just plot points of we need to fight throughout the Pokemon. Oh, they've all like devolved. Right. What do we do? Like really infuriating when, when shows and TVs do that, where they come up with a plot point, but they don't incorporate it properly. Um, one thing we haven't spoken about, Cynthia. Yeah. Cynthia's in in, this episode, I guess. It like really, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't really, unfortunately. Like, she goes toe-to-toe, and I can't believe I'm saying this, goes toe-to-toe with Team Rocket's Meowth, who... <laughs> wrecks her Garchomp. Wow. Like, this Meowth <laughs> is just busted. It, it does have the, you know, the addition of technology, but... It like, also just knows more moves. It knows Dark Pulse and Slash, as like, opposed to our Meowth, which I'm pretty sure still only knows Scratch. Like, because yes. it's never, ever won a fight. Is he so not? He's never gained any experience. <laughs> I love that. So, like, yeah, the, Cynthia being in here, again, one of those things where, you know, take her out, it doesn't actually change the outcome of these episodes, but I get that we need to start bigging up the future trainers that Ash is going to have to fight, Um, which makes me think, is Cynthia possibly one of the first ones he takes on because we've had her twice in quick succession? We'll have to see. We, we, I don't know the answer to that, by the way. I'm, I'm just genuinely, genuinely curious. I know, which is why I'm not saying anything. We'll have to see. Okay, <laughs> okay right. Um, so, <laughs> I've, that's all my notes for the first part. For the second part, we head to Rowan's lab, and I, abs- I, I actually had to double-take and rewind this part, because Nurse Joy appears, and Rowan says, all nurses should be hit, seen and not heard. <laughs> And I was, I was like, like, what? What? Like, I don't care what universe you're in. That's not okay. <laughs> I was like, it's, I was sat there. Thinking, my first thought was, I've misheard that. And I played it back and I was like, okay, there's a lot to unpack about this alternative universe then. But it, it makes it's sense. James. Because it's James <laughs> and Jesse. Not that our James, I don't think, would ever say that. No. But this our James alter- loves women. He does, yeah. But this alternative team, Rocket, seem. I think the reason they are more competent is probably because they are more cruel. Yeah. Whereas our team, Rocket, they, they got heart. They have got underneath all that bravado and just what makes them them. They they deep down do have hearts of gold. They they do. Um, whereas these ones do not. Um, so everyone, of course, knows to go straight to Spear Pillar. Um, this is the part where we've got the, the alternative versions that have figured out, oh, we can just create the same equipment that Team Rocket has and our Pokemon will be, be fine. Um, and of course, the way that, um, this all gets resolved is just the power of love, I guess. Hope. Uh, they pray. They, they pray, pray to Arceus. Yes. Which... They they literally stick their hands together and say, Arceus, I want Pokemon to exist. Please make these two stop 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 being little <laughs> Um <laughs> Wow That was really confused for a moment then. <laughs> um so th- there are a few other things I want to <laughs> just want to break it out here. The, we've got the red chain um from which was introduced in Legends Arceus, is that right? No, no. no Red Chain's no, been wasn't. there since yes, uh, Diamond and Pearl. Oh, because they... Cause, um, it's um, what Cyrus uses is to capture them. That's it, because they, they, he, he gets it from the three late guardians, is that right? Correct. Yes, right, okay. Um, 
How do you break it? If you're peachy, you just headbutt it. Oh, he fails to break just it, to kidding. be fair. <laughs> yeah, it to doesn't work. <laughs> Not surprising. Um, tell you what, though. Some of the animations in this final fight are beautiful. Like, it, it, I don't know how to de- describe it, but it's almost like the characters move and the black outline from them extends to help cut between yeah. scenes. It's beautiful. Like, it, it's very beautiful. sketchy. Yes. But in a beautiful way. You're right. I, I noticed that as well. I didn't know if that was like to play into, because obviously this is supposed to promote Legends Arceus, and I think there's technically a Legends Arceus tie-in movie that follows this. There is, yeah. a special episode, um, which I watched, I was lucky enough to watch live at um, World Um, Championships. Yep. Which is why I'm kind of sick of Cynthia, because you see her show up on screen and a bunch of nerds go, you're like, all right, okay, <laughs> bored of you now. <laughs> wow, okay, okay, so but Cynthia... I won't lie, I did the same thing when Brock took his top off, so... Oh, wow, I didn't realize you did that. Um, okay, so what what did you make or make of, like, wrapping up this? The, the, they've done what they did in the previous season of the last three episodes are, you know, a big story climax that... I say climax of the story. Does It really just comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Like, mm. do you think this worked so for me very little happened and it still felt rushed this just did not land for me i wasn't a fan of like alternate worlds i don't think that did much for us um yeah i don't i just there was no growth or anything from this either like you think at the end of the last season you've got the whole alternative story Ash works with Leon. Go gets to learn what researching is all about and to uncovering a mystery. It was really intense, and there was a lot going on there. This had none of that. Yeah, the you know I, the the end of the last season. I I still maintain that it wasn't as strong as it it could have been, but at least it kind it did in some way feel like. Okay, we've had a couple of plot points throughout the season that have led to this. It makes sense. These last two episodes, like, before you even mentioned about a tie-in with Legends Arceus, like, it was in the back of my mind thinking, this is very close to Legends Arceus. Like, in terms of, of you know, these Pokemon fighting and, you know, it's it's based in the Sinnoh-Hisuian region. Like, it feels like there's been no build up to these two episodes it's just kind of here we are it's here for you know 35 40 minutes and what if would this have been better placed as a movie where you could you know you know delve more into multiple universes and if you're gonna do multiple universes like have more fun with them that's the whole point of doing multiple universes like how good would it have been if you know ash gets through uh, okay there's somebody catching pokemon oh it's an alternative version of me mm. and which is the be- which is the stronger ash the ash that cares for his pokemon or the ash that is cruel and sadistic and use just uses pokemon as tools yeah I mean, let's face facts. The only difference between these universes, other than one of them is being affected quicker than the other by the sort of time reversion thing, is that one of them doesn't have flowers. That's literally the <laughs> only <laughs> difference yeah. they show us. And I'm like, I, is that because the Pokemon are gone? Is that because the flowers are reverting too? What is the connection here with no flowers? 
but I don't think the flowers come back at the end either. So it's just a universe without flowers. That's 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 the one difference. That's the timeline they're in. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's that's what we take away from these these two episodes is the the, the difference between universes, plants, just plants. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the next season and. If it is a shorter season, it gives me hope that there will be less fillet and more plot-driven episodes following Ash, Go, and some of Chloe. I don't want as many as Chloe because she's the one I'm least invested in. And to be fair, out of the three of them, she's the one where I'm, I'm still not sure where her story's going. I, again, I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't check, by the way, it's 40 episodes. Oh, still okay. Right, okay. Oh, okay. Right. So, uh, uh, scratch what I just said. Plenty of filler episodes then. <laughs> Great. I don't know. There's still a lot to get through, even just for Ash's story. Do you yes. Think a lot of those, a lot of those main battles. Right. Top eight. So you're talking about each of those being at least two episodes. Yeah. And then they've got to battle each other as well. Yeah. Like he, he's not the only fights he's got to have. So. And he's still got to get into the ultra class, or sorry, the master's eight. Like, there's so much to do. Anyway. Anyway, are you up for playing the game? Oh, I guess so. Perfect! In front of me, I have three <laughs> Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But Connor, can you spot the fake entry? I, I realized when I was writing this... Uh, so, I only wrote these earlier on today, and it's only when we've been talking about the previous episodes that I completely messed up, because one, one of them was meant to be Kingdra and I completely forgot to do it. However, I still do have three Pokemon. The first one is Dialga, Pokedex entry number one. It has the power to control time. It appears in Sinnoh region myths as an ancient deity. Entry number two, a legendary Pokemon of Sinnoh. It is said that time flows when Dialga's heart beats. And the third and final Pokedex entry, Dialga's temporal powers possess the ability to devolve anything or anyone against their will. Pokemon, humans, and plants. <laughs> okay, interesting. I don't like the first one. It feels way too matter-of-fact. But the third one's also based on the episode. So would you have just written that because that's a thing that happened? Possibly? I'm going to stick with my initial gut instinct and go with the first one. Okay. It was the third one. Yeah, of course it was. Of course it was. Of course it was. Pokemon number two is Palkia. It has the ability to distort space. It is described as a deity in Sinnoh region mythology. <laughs> Pokedex entry number two. Mm, press mm. X to doubt. <laughs> Pokedex entry number two. Palkia has complete control over all space. With every breath it takes, the universe expands. Final Pokedex entry. It is said to live in a gap in the spatial dimension parallel to ours. It appears in mythology. Ah, the, 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 the second one. You sure? No, but I'm sticking with it. Correct. It is, okay. in fact, the second one. What gave it away? It Nothing gave it away. The, so the first one was obviously <laughs> very similar to very. the one I guessed last time, which turned out to be true. So I was like, okay, maybe they're from the same... Maybe they're from the same region. That makes sense. And then the space between worlds. Again, it was just something that got said in the episodes we just watched. So I was like, fine, yep. let's just go with the other one. Okay, <laughs> very well done. So the final Pokemon is Arceus. So Pokedex entry number one. 
Its true form is unknown and incomprehensible. It is everywhere all at once. Entry number two. It is the heavenly fount from which pours the light that shines across Hisuyi. Its luminance guides and protects all Pokemon. Hisuian mythology states that Arceus is the creator of all things. And the final Pokedex entry. It is said to have emerged from an egg in a place where there is nothing, then shaped the world. Okay, so it's the first one. How com- Why are you so confident? Uh... I've not long been looking into Unknown and how it relates to Arceus, so I've read a lot of the Arceus Pokedex entries. Okay, interesting. You you are correct. Okay, <laughs> well good. done, well done, well done. Two out of three, very well done. You, you're getting closer, because you got two out of three last week, didn't you? I, I, I keep getting two out of three, and it's usually the one that I'll get wrong, I'll be like, it's either this or this. Yeah, always a fifth. And it's always the shot. other one that I talk myself out of. You are getting close to that three out of three again, I think. I think it's, it's coming. It's only happened, what, twice? Twice, but I, I've got a feeling it will happen in the next few. You're getting very good at figuring me out. We'll find out soon. Let's move on to comments and questions. Um, Tony, once again, has been in touch on YouTube. What's your favorite terrible opinion about your favorite Pokemon game? One that you just don't agree with. Sorry, Connor, I, I don't think I told you this before the episode. No, you so didn't, I- but I know my answer immediately. Wow, okay. Uh, wow. The the scaling in Johto is bad. The level scaling in Johto is bad. Okay, why? I So my favorite game in the Pokemon franchise is Heart Gold, Soul Silver, and they fixed a lot of the level curve in that to begin with. Granted, in Golden Crist- Gold, Silver, Crystal, it wasn't great, but it was designed so that you could fight three gyms in any order you wanted. Okay? Coming off the back of, like, Scarlet and Violet, where I've complained, like, oh, we can fight the gyms in any order we want, except from you can't because of the levels. You could literally fight the, them in any order you wanted. Granted, you would be slightly overleveled for some of them. Yeah. But I just don't think it's as big of an issue as people make it out to be. It, like, a couple of years ago, everybody agreed that Johto was possibly the best, was probably the best region. Heart, Cold, Soul, Silver still at the top of a lot of people's lists. But it came off the back of and I don't want to point fingers, but I think a lot of it came off the back of uh, Jan from Pokemon Challenges, who kind of said, like, oh, the level curve in Johto sucks and nobody ever talks about it. And since then, it's been a running theme of everybody's like, oh, no, Johto sucks, actually. It's like, it doesn't. It's really good. It's really good. It's the best region. Oh, sorry. It winds me up. Anyway. <laughs> so, m- mine. This is going to be controversial. Um, The post game in generation two probably gets as much praise as it does because of nostalgia rather than it actually being a good post game because it is over very fast um the pokemon the gym leaders while strong still aren't i don't think as strong as they should be the pokemon in the wild areas and the roots the scaling again is just a nightmare because you, it, it makes sense from in-game perspective of well that, the pokemon in those roots were this low level in the previous game however you know it's a bit of a bit of a pain when you come off the boat you go into diglett's caves like, oh these are all really weak pokemon and my pokemon are over leveled and the only say that the the main saving grace is obviously red but i think that the post game of generation two is held up is this amazing post-game content when I don't think it's as good as as most people 
I think people are a bit blinded by nostalgia. That's going to get some I think it's the experience. <laughs> it's the yeah. experience that it provides you rather than challenge. If we yes. were talking about a challenge, then it's all about Pokemon Emeralds, uh, you know, Battle Frontier. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be the best post game ever. But people still like the idea of going back to Kanto. People still like the idea of oh, revisiting previous regions and having that whole area to explore and the, the the thing behind it that like they weren't thinking they were going to be able to do it and then somebody came in last minute and crunched the whole game down so they were actually able to fit it in it's an incredible story and as gold and silver were designed to be the last pokemon games it was a beautiful ending the fight with red at the top of uh mm-hmm. mount silver and stuff like that is the best uh post game fight we've ever had Granted, it's not very hard. He's just very high level. But I I don't know. I, I can see what you're saying, that it is fairly short and, you know, not all that intensive other than Blue and Red at the very end who are just a massive level yes. bump. So, like, for me, don't get me wrong, I still love the post-game. The, the, I remember playing that as a kid and be like, oh my, I am going back to the 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 region of the first game and to discover that it's next door neighbors but it's only when i played it when i started doing youtube and i was like oh this is it this is like you know you know when your memories don't correlate with what you're currently experiencing mm-hmm. i was like oh okay but anyway i still i still love it uh but I, I just don't think it's as good as some people might remember if you've got a comment or question you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on youtube by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com or by leaving us on our discord channel connor what have you got coming up at the moment uh at the moment i'm working on that video that i alluded to earlier about the uh true meaning behind unknown hopefully that should be out this week sometime so, so look forward to that one. Is the true meaning behind unknown known or unknown? To be confirmed. <laughs> um, what have I got coming up at the moment? Um, did I talk about Scarlet and Violet mods last week? No. Oh, okay. I've so. um, I've <laughs> I modded Pokemon Scarlet. Um, I played about three hours of it. I'm condensing the video into just a shorter, like, five, ten minute video. Um, basically, I just threw in a load of mods that I thought were funny, interesting, hilarious. Um, some of the mods don't are work any of well them fusions. None of them are fusions. Um, however, some of the mods cause une- unexpected and unintended side effects that are just ridiculous. And um, I don't want to give more away, to be quite honest with you, because like it was one of those things where I was playing it, and for the first hour, I was like, "Oh, I've got a few things to I can get out of this," but I was a little bit worried about like, "Oh, I think this might only be a, a couple of minutes long," and then I don't know what it was, but it's almost like everything happened at once, and there are parts where I'm in stitches because the game obviously cannot handle some of these mods clashing with one another. Like, you know, this mod says you need to change this, but then this other mod changes parts of the same, probably coding, and the just the outcome of that is, is amazing. So I'm probably editing that this week to get it live next week at some point. 
um that that's the main thing that i'm working on outside of um i need to record the script for the cyclers are only video so that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks as well and that's the Look show for thank you and that's the show for this week if you've gotten this far you're just a top dollar aren't you connor where can we find you you can find me on my youtube channel at captain fidget or on twitter at cap fidget and i'm ben you can find me as professor hoeing gaming on youtube and professor hoeing on twitter as for the Golden Rod Podcast, you can find us on the usual platform. Search for Golden Rod Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya!